And what's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode, another episode of the Amatel Like a TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed basic show for you today. Brendan Dillon, he will join us later on in the program to recap the 2019 NFL season and talk all things as far as Super Bowl 54 is concerned, as long as will I. And we'll get a little bit of uh, potpourri as all the events that's happened in sports, baseball, and in the NBA. Some trades got to get to for both sports. But nice to have you with us here on your favorite little sports talk uh, podcast. So, item number one, first order business, of course, is Super Bowl 54. That was played between the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, I tell you one thing: it was a better, it was a better Super Bowl than last year. I, I tell you that much. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, from a competitive and an entertainment standpoint, it was, or not from a competitive standpoint, but from an entertainment standpoint, it was a very, very good Super Bowl. Um, uh, you know, what, what can you, I mean, Andy Reid, congratulations to him. He finally, uh, you know, he finally reached the mountaintop. Uh, finally, all those championship losses that Andy Reid has suffered throughout his career, you know, losing, you know, losing to, uh, the Patriots in the, uh, losing to the Patriots in 2003, Losing to the Buccaneers in 2002, losing to the Rams in 2001. Uh, I believe they lost to the Giants. I think, if my memory serves me correctly, in uh, two in 2000, uh, lost to the Buck. You know, uh, didn't make it in 1999. So all, all those losses and champ and big time games for Andy Reid, of course. You know, blowing the lead to. Uh, to uh, Tennessee in the in the wild card game a few years ago at home, uh, letting Andrew Luck come back in 2012. You know a- Andy Reid, he's been um, he has he hasn't had an easy stretch as far as uh, playoff games are concerned, and he's had a quite a string of bad luck throughout uh, his throughout his career and. You know what? Eventually, eventually, when you've suffered long enough, and when you've been as dedicated to the game, and as and you one of I mean, Andy Reid is one of the at least the perception that's give, that's perceived that Andy Reid is one of the nicest, greatest guys in all of football. There's no argument about that. And when you've been one of the nicest guys, and you've paved the way for a lot of coaches that has learned from Andy Reid underneath his coaching tree in that scenario. And has gone on to win championships. Yeah, Andy Reid, the master, hasn't won one. It's only a matter of time until eventually, one of these days, uh, you will find that good fortune, and it will eventually break your way. Uh, so, congrats to Andy Reid, winning his first ever Super Bowl championship. Long time coming, 222nd career win overall for Andy Reid. Is a win at Miami, Florida, at uh, Hard Rock Stadium for Super Bowl 54, and he wins his first ever NFL championship for the Kansas City Chiefs franchise who it's for it being their first championship uh in 50 years since 1969 when they uh when they won back in uh back in a Super Bowl uh 4 so 
that's side number one. Item number two, boy, Patty Mahomes, Patty Mahomes, Patty Mahomes, what a performance. Uh, they could have not. Now, Grant, I, now, in all, now, before I begin, in all fairness, I don't think that, uh, that Patrick Mahomes should have won the MVP. Uh, the running back, Damian Williams, I think had a bigger impact and had a, and, you know, he played a bigger role in the Chiefs' comeback than Patrick. Now, I won't, I don't say a bigger role, but he, but he had like, I mean, the guy did score the two touchdowns. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, Patrick Mahomes threw the Kelsey touchdown to put him within three, and he threw the Damian Williams touchdown, and Damian Williams had to stretch and earn his way to get. And Patrick Mahomes also didn't throw the touchdown. You know, didn't, he wasn't involved on the play where Damian Williams ran up the gut and ran down the sideline to clinch it late in the ball game. But, uh, but I mean, he played a good football game. I mean, he was, I mean, for three quarters, it was the worst football that Patrick Mahomes has ever played in his uh, young career. I mean, he was he was not he was anything but Patrick Mahomes throughout the first three quarters. I mean, getting sacked, throwing bonehead asinine interceptions. You know, he just he just could not get anything going. Granted, granted, his offensive line didn't do him any favors. Uh, the 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 pass rush with the pass rush of. Uh, of uh, of of Bosa and that defense of Bosa D Ford and that defensive line did not did not help him much. Gave him fits all night, even when the Chiefs took the lead and started to gain some steam in the fourth. Defensive line gave Mahomes and company fits all night, all game long, and you know and his offensive line. Now, granted, that's a good defensive line, but his but his but Mahomes' offensive line didn't do him any favors whatsoever to speak of, and Patrick Mahomes and the and the Chiefs. You know, did what they've done all post, all playoff, all postseason long, and has come back, and has come back when it, when adversity is given to them. They come back, they dig deep, and they find they find a way to win football games. They found a way to win football games down down. To, well, I think it was twenty four to nothing to the uh, to the Texans back in the divisional uh, game back in back in their first playoff game in Kansas City. You know, they found they you know they were down a huge margin at the end of the first quarter, and then. The next three, and then the next three quarters, their play on offense and on defense was immaculate. The rest of the ball game, uh, the week after, you know, the Derrick Henry and the, and the Titans started to get into a little bit of a rhythm, and the Chiefs defense shut that down right then and there, and, uh, and didn't even allow Derrick Henry to sniff 85 rushing yards, let alone a buck 95, which is what he had in the Raven game. Uh, and, not, and Patrick Mahomes and company uh, once again lit up the scoreboard after a bit of a shaky first few drives, first quarter in the championship game at home against the Titans. This is pa- this and Patrick Mahomes' uh, first playoff game away from Arrowhead Stadium. You know, he was very, very shaky and very spotty in the first uh, three quarters, but somehow, some way, Fourth quarter, you know, after pretty much after that interception that he threw early in the fourth quarter, Patrick Mahomes seemed to turn around. In the game, he was twenty six for forty two with two hundred and eighty six passing yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. Was sacked four times in the game, but his running back Damian Williams sure did help. Of course, he had the game clinching rushing touchdown late, and he had seventeen carries for one hundred and four yards. And this is for a Chiefs running attack that has been lacking since they let Kareem Hunt walk over uh, to the mistake by the lake up in Cleveland. So, so granted, all things considered, Patrick Mahomes also found ways to make plays on his feet when he was running for his life half the night. 
uh, he had nine kicks with 29 rushing yards and a touchdown. Uh, but boy, did his receivers come up clutch. To Tyreek Hill, nine receptions, 105 yards, and not have a touchdown. But he had one of the big catches, one of the big plays in the game. When he dropped the ball, when that ball was ruled incomplete, which would have given their, which would have given uh, Kansas City a first down on the San Francisco side of the ball. But what a job by Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill having a short memory, turn around the next play and on a fourth and excuse me on a third and third and a third and fifteen where Patrick Mahomes drops back about ten fifteen yards and lets it fly, and Tyreek Hill was standing. And I'm not talking about open like a five. I mean, he there was nobody, nobody in the area and in the vicinity of Tyreek Hill to prevent him from catching the ball. I mean, the ball was literally up there waiting for him, and it falls right into the breadbasket and gave Kansas City a first down, allowing them to continue to drive and and keep their championship uh, hopes alive. And uh, and that 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 play right there is what. Is was the is the what is and was the biggest play in the game and what played a vital, vital, vital important part in the Kansas City Chiefs coming back and winning the football game because of that third down, uh, third and fifteen does not happen. I tell you right now, and that they are the Chiefs are not winning that football game. Yes, the Kelsey touchdown to put him, you know, 2017 was important. Yes, Williams with the touchdown, you know, to give him the lead. After the receiving touchdown at the backfield. But if Tyree Kill does not make that catch on a third and 15 when the defensive line had Patrick Mahomes running all over the place and, you know, they had, unfo- you know, and receivers were very unlucky as far as catching the football was concerned. Prime example to play before, it looks like Terry Hill makes a nice catch, you know, to keep the drive alive. They go ahead and look at it on replay and it hits the ground. I mean, that, that was the type of night up until that third and 15 play. That was the type of night that the Chiefs were having offensively. That was the, that was the type of night. Buckner had a second and a half. Tart had a second and a half, and Joey Bose had a sack in the game. They four sacks. I mean, they had they had Patrick Mahomes running for his life all night long, all night long. But that was one hell of a catch and one hell of a play on the part of Patrick Mahomes and uh, Tyree Kill on that third and fifteen late in the uh, excuse me not late but in the middle of the fourth quarter. And just what a phenomenal job by the Kansas City Chiefs who proved it, you know, well, once again, proved it in the Texans game, proved it in the Titans game, proved it all season long, and proved it in the month of January heading into the Super Bowl. That, you, that with that offense, with that quarterback, and that offensive attack as far as Kelsey, Hill, Sammy Watkins, who had a nice game, five receptions, 98 yards, absolutely, he and Tyree Kill. Torched Richard Sherman all night in the game. All night. Richard Sherman was toast, torched, burned, embarrassed in the game. I mean, had juke moves, having Richard Sherman's face in the, face in the, in the, in the grass. You know, I mean, welcome to the Super Bowl, Richard Sherman. I mean, I know it's been a couple years, but gee whiz. You, you saved your worst performance all season long for the Super Bowl. You, you are the first member of that 2013-2014 Seattle Seahawks team to make it back, granted not the team, but the first one to make it back, and that's what you do? After you got into a Twitter beef with uh, Darrell Revis after the game? This is the, I mean, this is the performance you put on in, you know, 
in the Super Bowl. A veteran guy, one of the very few on that roster that has, that has Super Bowl experience, and you spit the bit, and you spit the bit in that game, the way you did. I can, I can, I can care less about about it about his five about his five tackles. Nobody cares. He got burned in a game, burned by Hill and by Watkins, burned, burned. What a phenomenal job by the Chiefs offense, who all postseason long never said die and just kept in it and just would not give up under any circumstances. When after that Patrick Mahomes interception to begin the fourth quarter, I tell you right now, even though I picked the Chiefs to win 31-28, and boy did I come close to getting that one right, the final score was 31-20, but nevertheless, I honest, I honest to God thought that the game was over once Patrick Mahomes threw that interception at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I honestly, I honestly, I honestly did. I didn't. I mean, I mean, I, I was, I was sitting there thinking, well, they've, they've had a good season, they've had a good run, but tonight just isn't that night. Until that is where we lead to Kyle Shanahan, who you would think he'd learn his lesson from the abysmal play calling. They came back to bite him in the ass, 28-3 in Super Bowl 51 a few years ago. You would think that he'd learn that. I mean, he was ultra-conservative in that game, but he was even conservative. He, he didn't play the game mostly conservative. He was he, what, he did play aggressive. You know, he did have all, all aggressive play calling in the game, granted. But, boy, oh, boy, Kyle, do you think when – you stopped when your defense has in the. I'm going back all the way back to in the first half at the end of the second quarter. Kyle, do you think that when you've essentially forced the Chiefs to punt for like the third or fourth time in the in the half, you know, you, you, Patrick Mahomes had no answers in the first half, none whatsoever outside outside of the uh, outside of his first couple drives in the game, had no answer for you, none whatsoever. You force him to punt. You don't call a timeout. After the third down play, you get the ball started in the second half. But granted, this, I mean, this is the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? No, with that quarterback, with that, with their receiving core, with Kelsey, who's one of the best tight ends in football, Tyree Kill, who is a dynamic wide receiver, and Sammy Watkins, who has had himself a hell of a postseason as well. You can, with that quarterback, that was the MVP in 2018 who led two comebacks in back-to-back weeks in, against the Texans and against the Titans. You cannot, under any circumstances, give him and that offense a minute to breathe or give, or give them a, a sense of hope. You cannot. That, the idea that he did not call a timeout at the, after the uh, Chiefs failed to get that third down late in the, in the second quarter, and not call the timeout then is, is, is an utter disgrace. Furthermore, how about they get the ball back inside their own 20-yard line? What do they do? They decide to run it on first down and second down, getting a max of probably about at the most four yards in the two-run plays. When you... When a clock's ticking, you have your timeouts and you have the ball to start the second half. Okay, you, the, Kyle, you. This is not. Uh, uh, um, this is not the You know, this is not the New. This is not the New York Giants. You know, with Daniel Jones at quarterback. 
you know, uh, week eight, okay? Get your, get your head out of the sand. This is Patrick Mahomes and the Super Bowl. Patrick Mahomes the second in a Super Bowl, okay? I understand you get the ball to start the second half, but the way that they have played, especially in the second half of their ball games that they've played in the playoffs, you cannot under any circumstances give Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs a, a, an inch of hope, an inch of breathing room. Because they're like, that, they're like that old saying, you give them an inch, they take a mile. So if you, well, if you give the Kansas City Chiefs a slither of hope, they're going to take advantage of it. And when you get the ball to start the second half, I don't need to see you running on first and second down when you have timeouts to work with and you got about a minute, 10, minute, 15 left on the clock. I don't want to see that. When all I've heard is Patrick Mahomes is worth, uh, excuse me, that Jimmy Garoppolo is worthy enough of making plays, Jimmy Garoppolo is worthy enough to lead the 49ers down the field and, and, uh, and to basically put, put his teammates on his back and carry him to the promised land. Please, I, I don't. And, and especially when you got a wide receiver and Emmanuel Sanders there that has Super Bowl experience with the, with the Broncos. I, that, that's tough to take. Oh yeah, and and you and you have a tight end in Kittle who's been unstoppable the entire season. Go ask the Saints. Been unstoppable. Been unstoppable. Go ask Saints. Go ask the Seahawks. Go ask the Vikings. Go ask the Packers. Been unstoppable. Been unfreaking stoppable. Off the charts this season. When you have one of the most, when you got one of the best tight ends in football, and you got a wide receiver that's got a little bit of pizzazz as far as playing the Super Bowl is concerned, I don't need to see when Patrick Mahomes is across the freaking field, sitting on the sideline, I don't need to see run plays on first and second down when you got three timeouts and you get the ball to start in the second half. I don't need to see it. You, you cannot give these opponents and Mahomes and you can't give them a, 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 a chance of hope. You can't, you can't do it to them. They'll burn you every single time. Did, did you not learn from 28 to 3, Shanahan? Did you not learn? Did, did you not learn? Seriously. Did you not learn? You, because if you have a chance, you get the ball down the field, you at least put yourself in a position for a field goal. So instead of it being 10 10 at the half, you can look at it as being 17 10 at the half or 13 10 at the half and get the, and get the ball back at the, start of, at the start of the third quarter. So if you get the ball back at the start of the third quarter, go down the field and score, the score is what? 20 to 10. If if you score, if you're gonna be able to score a touchdown, or twenty four to ten, you're up two scores. You're up two scores. And the way your defensive line was giving Mahomes fits on right, that's the perfect ideal situation. They they were giving Mahomes fits on night, Bosa, Ford, all of them giving them fits. Mahomes is running for his life every single time he turns around. Offensive line was the equivalent of Swiss cheese. I mean, there were turnstiles on an offensive line last on on uh, Super Bowl Sunday night. The 
had my they had, they had my homes railing. You have a chance to go up two scores, and oh, by the way, Mahomes and the offense doesn't see the field because of the extended halftime period. So think about it. You go down the field, you score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown, whatever the case might be, you get the 30-minute halftime, you come back, start of the third quarter, even if you punt, even if you even if you don't score, you at least take some a decent amount of time off the clock. Mahomes goes 90 minutes without touching the football. So that's where we begin on this second weekend in February. Come right back. I'll break down the broadcasts and the halftime and the commercials and all that other garbage. Back. I'm going to tell you podcast right after this. The Kansas City Chiefs are celebrating. They're your champions for the 2019 and 100th anniversary season of the National Football League and the champions and winners of Super Bowl 54. Welcome back to the Amatel TIS podcast with yours truly, Jai Shields. Um, give you a little bit of, uh, give you my opinions here, my feel here on the broadcast itself. Uh, first off, okay, do we need A-Rod? Bouncing or you know, farting around with Rob Gronkowski on the Norwegian cruise line, uh, uh, go karts on the go kart track. I know, I've been on it, I was on the new ship back in when was I on that? Uh, sp- I want to say spring or it might have been spring or winter of 2018, but I was on it. I know what it is, okay. I don't need to see a rod, and I don't need to say a rod in general, okay. It's it's <clears throat> it's football, okay? It's football, it's wintertime. I shouldn't have to tolerate or look at A-Rod on television until late March, April. Okay, late March, April. That that and I need now I don't I can't I don't I can't stand A-Rod as far as I can throw him, but I'm on but because I'm a baseball fan, I'm gonna have to tolerate that I'm gonna see him on TV doing Sunday night with Viscursion. And and you know bouncing around on the field and doing pregame postgame shows for Fox. I un- I understand all that. I know what I'm getting myself into. But I un- and I understand that it's Fox and he work and he's a Fox sports employee. And I understand that his lover, that his fiance Jennifer Lopez, and I'll get to her in a minute, is doing a halftime show. And I under- and I also understand that he is that he is a uh, Miami native. I get that. I get that as well. But I mean, can Alex Rodriguez, you know, go away? I mean, it's the Super Bowl, not the World, uh, not the World Series. Okay, it's the Super Bowl. It's football. Last time I checked, Alex Rodriguez played baseball. So get him. And I didn't watch the pregame show anyway. This is just what I've heard and what I've read off the of hearsay. But the fact that I even heard that he was anywhere near that pregame show, and I and I warned you last week that if, that if he's going to be on there, I told you I was going to say something. But I'm, I'm trying to tell you, A Rod, do me a big favor, get. The hell away from 
TV, j j just in general, I, okay? I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in hearing you on Shark Tank on CNBC. I'm not interested in you farting around with Gronk with, with the bumper cars on the uh, Norwegian cruise line during the, pre during the tedious ass nine six-hour pregame shows on Fox. I'm not interested. A-Rod, okay, go away. That's item number one. Item number two, okay, they got, they got two, and I've always said this about Fox, this is why they're not my favorite, you know, and they're not my favorite network that they, for, to broadcast Super Bowls and just broadcast NFL games in general, but, okay, Fox, they got, they got too many people on, okay, you got A-Rod, okay, you got Kurt Menefee, Terry Bradshaw, Howie Long, Michael Strahan, Tony Gonzalez, that's five, okay, Michael Vick, Brendan's buddy Colin Cowherd is is seven. Dave Wandelstadt, whatever his name is, the mustache guy, uh, is number eight. Okay. Uh, Greg Olson, the special guest analyst, that's nine. Rob Gronkowski, that's ten. Uh, um, and they put a rod on, that's eleven. Uh, Greg, did I, did I say Greg Olson already? Uh, Greg, uh, so I said Greg, and then they and they got, and then they also uh, add on uh, Carissa Thompson. I mean, it's, that's uh, that's ten, eleven guys on camera at the same time. I mean, come on, NBC. When NBC does Super Bowl, this is what you get: you get, you get Tariko, you get Rodney, you get Coach Dungey, you get Florio, you get Chris Sims, and you get and you get uh, and you get Peter King. And um, what's what's the guy? And you get Liam McHugh. That's that that's that's two, that's two studio hosts. That's two study studio hosts, two writers, and only three player analysts. Okay, that's seven. And NBC and NBC does a hell of a lot better job at producing and broadcasting games than Fox does anyway. Not to mention they get the more the highest viewed game of the week with Sunday Night Football. But he, but still. That that's seven, seven, and NBC's been broadcasting NFL football since the seventies, seven, seven. Fox has just been has been in the NFL bit for twenty for about twenty five years, okay. Not 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 the and two eleven twelve guys. It's it's too much, okay. And then the post game, they're in such a big hurry to get you to the asinine show, the Mass Singer with Robin Thicke. Uh, the the uh, the Korean the Korean American comedian guy I forget his name and and uh, Nick Cannon I mean we're, we're not interested in the mass singer okay it's Super Bowl Sunday give me a break Jay Wiz enough they they're in such a hurry to get you to that stupid mass singer thing we didn't even see in the champion you know one of the great traditions one of the great things I love about you know the celebration after the Super Bowl is that they is that they get the Hall of Famer whether they whether it's a Hall of Famer that's related to the two teams that's participated in the game or or it's related to the team that who that plays in the city which Super Bowl is in so so for so for instance. So or or has played in a Super Bowl in which the city that the current Super Bowl is in has hosted. So prime example when the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012, Richard Dent uh, walked the, walked the trophy down the aisle because Super Bowl 20 was, because Super Bowl the 85 Bears played in Super and Super Bowl which is Super Bowl 20 that was played in the Superdome. So it, that's and that's one and that's like one of my favorite parts, my favorite moments of the Super Bowl is that after the game. They get the Hall of Fame and they walk down with the trophy. You see the nice trophy go 
all clear and clean and pristine, and then you see it get all, you know, and you get fingerprints and, and lip prints, and it gets all... And it, you know, gets all dirty because all the players and all the personnel they get to they get to put their hand on, they get to kiss the trophy, they get to pose with the trophy in front of the TV camera, and they get you know they get the uh, they got the GoPro or the iPhone taking the video, you know, taking the video and everything, and and they play the and you hear that music, it goes off for two minutes. I mean, it's it's a nice tradition, you know, the the the, the NFL legend walks the trophy up. You know, walks the trophy up the aisle, up the stage, and then it places them on the stand so the commissioner can say, what a great game, congratulations to the, to, you know, to the winner of the football game. You didn't see that because Fox is in such a hurry to get to the Asinine Max Singer program. Nobody cares. So I'm sitting there, trophy presentation, I'm like, well, why aren't they supposed to, like, you know, walk, walk the trophy down? What, what happened to that? You know, we, I mean, I mean, Larry Zonka. I mean, where's Larry Zonka? Where's Marino? Where's uh, you know, where's Len Dawson? Where's um, where, where where's I mean, it's just because he's the MVP of the most recent Miami Super. Where's Drew Brees? You know, where where's the legend and the you know to walk down the trophy down the house so the players can can uh, dirty it all up. But we didn't see that because Fox was such a hurry to get you to the Max Singer. And then once they got there, they were like, well, if one extra postgame covers, put it on FS1. So I turn on FS1, and it's, you know, it's it's, it's a split camera with, with split screen with with uh, Thompson, Mike Vick, and Wandelstadt, whatever his name is, sitting sitting on sitting on a set outside the stadium. And it's in the stadium. It's it's the regular Kurt Murphy and NFL uh, Fox guys. So then it's, it's back and forth. You know, Mike, you know, Mike Vick's giving his thoughts on the game. He gets caught off five seconds in because you got to hear Travis Kelsey chop it up with uh, Terry Bradshaw and straight end. I mean, it's, it's, it's really too much. Please, it's, 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 it's a bit much. It, it, it's a bit. It's, 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 you got too many people involved. I mean, I mean C, CBS, what did they give you? They give you James Brown. Phil Sims, uh, Cower, Boomer, Burleson, and then and then they'll have like an extra host, you know, whether it be Iron Eagle or Gumble, and and whatever uh, guest analysts uh, join, you know, join, you know, uh, join joins them for the game. But, that, but that's like five. That's like five to seven people. Fox got 11, 12 people mixed in. I, I I don't need an ensemble cast, okay? Give me the regulars that I'm used to seeing on a day in day out basis. I understand that Fox has like two, has a pregame show before the pregame show, but uh, come on, please. I mean, we've we've heard Colin Coward all week at ready, you know, in Miami. Do we do we need to hear his thoughts at you know at one o'clock in the afternoon? You know, you know for the pregame. I mean, do we do we need that? Another thing, okay, with, with the reporters, okay, they were all over the place, okay. Chris Myers, you know, was was like a chicken with his head cut off. Didn't know how to handle the situation with Reed after the game, you know, calling Andy Reed's wife by first. Oh, it's it's, it's a such it was so terrible and so bad. Now, granted, I'm not in the business. 
I'm not in the business yet, you know, so I gotta kind of like dial it down a little bit. But but let's be fair. I mean, it, it, it was a it was it was a rough sequence to watch. And don't sit up and give me an excuse because Chris Myers. If you want to know how to handle that situation after a game, go back and rewatch how Tracy Wilson had to handle it when basically Tom Brady was get, getting proverbially mauled by the NFL uh, paparazzi and, and he didn't have room to breathe. And yeah, and you had to basically wait out five minutes before Brady got a chance to answer uh, Wolfson's questions. But the way she handled it in Super Bowl Fifty Three is how Myers should have handled it with Andy Reid. Also, by the way, and she does, and she does a good, and she does a good job week in, week out with Thursday Night Football and uh, and the uh, and the four twenty five games. And you know, she you know she she's she's nice. You know, nice, excellent, does an excellent job, and you know, is is a very solid and a very good NFL um, sideline reporter. But let's be fair. Aaron Andrews, would it hurt for you? I mean, no. Again, nobody can't. One more time for Shanahan. Okay, Shanahan, I don't need to hear you cry, cry, whine, and bellyache about the George. And that was past their first, by the way, with Kittle. The guy's about six five, two hundred and sixty five pounds, and and Garoppolo put it right there in, in a perfect position for him to catch the ball. He, he, there's no need for him to push off on the defender's inside shoulder. There's no need. I could give a crap about what about what he says. Shanahan, I'm, I'm when especially the way you pissed away a golden opportunity for you to put more points on the board at the end of the first half. I'm not interested in hearing your thoughts on a very right and justified offensive pass interference call on Kittle. I'm not interested. That was the right call. He's 6'5", 260 plus pounds, best and most physical tight end in all of football. Garoppolo put it right there. There was no need for him to push. No need. And I don't need to hear him cry, crying more than bellyache. And I don't need him doing it to Aaron Andrews during during the during the halftime interview. I'm not, I'm not interested. Aaron Andrews should have asked them the situations with the timeouts because how do you, how how you not ask him the timeouts, but instead like, allow him to go off on the asinine George Kittle play? You gotta do a little bit a little bit um better job than that. Last thing, okay? I understand that you know that it's a, that it's a new age. And that's you know it's it's a new era women empowerment and and you know you know if you show off your show off your body if you're proud of how you look and and you know and if you and if you're up in age you're middle age and you're still in shape and that we applaud that in today's society I understand all that but let's call it like we see it. I mean do we have to see Jennifer Lopez and and Shakira? Uh, you know, shake their booty for 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 twenty minutes during the halftime show. Do we do we do we have to see that? Do we do we have to see? That? Okay, they're they're grown women. Okay, Shakira turned forty three on Super Bowl Sunday. J Lo was turned um, and we and J Lo let everybody know it because two weeks after we had to watch the J Lo A Rod birthday bash. You know, in between uh, the one and two pitch for Red Sox and Yankees in the middle of July. So we were fully aware about it. But do we, I mean, J-Lo's 50 years old and Shakira's 43. Their combined age is 93 years of age. Both two grown women and J- Jennifer Lopez has children. I mean, do we have to see him sit up in front of America and 60,000 plus people sitting in the stadium? We, do we have to see him, do we have to see J-Lo drop it like it's hot on the Super Bowl during the Super Bowl halftime show? Do we have, do we have to see that, please? Do we, do we, do we have to see that? Okay. You're, you're. Again, you're 50, not 25, okay? 
There, there's a time and a place for everything. And there's a time, you know, like the old Bible verse says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, I acted like a child. But when I became a man, or in this case a woman, I put away childish things. It's time for Jalen to put away the childish things. I mean, you're 50 years old, okay? 50. 5-0. You reached a half century point, okay? Half, depending on how long, and we don't notice, but most likely more than half of Jennifer Lopez's life is in the rearview mirror. More than half, okay? You're 50 years old, not 25, okay? Why are you, why are you twerking and dropping it like a title on a stripper pole at the Super Bowl, Okay? I understand you may be like still in the role and still in the mood because you shot that Hustlers movie with Cardi B, but come on now, it's it's the Super Bowl, not it's the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, and I know and I know we're in Miami and it's and it's a party city and everything else, but where but, but come on now, we we got we got we got young children watch watching this game. We we got we got we got we got children watching this game and people watching it with their mothers, you know, their girlfriends and we, you know their sister, their aunt, whatever the case might be, and we and we got to sit here and watch that. Uh, grand all things considered, I'm a guy, and Jennifer Lopez came and came to knock on my door and said and said and said I'll, I volunteer to be your date to your senior prom in May. I'll take it. I wouldn't say no. But 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 let's be fair and all honestly, Jennifer Lopez is my favorite celebrity to begin with anyway. And also number two, she's fifty years of age. I mean, seriously, seriously. Yeah, I mean, I, and 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 it's all and it's also sad when when you really think about it. It's sad. It's sad that you're a fifty year old woman, grown with children, and still feel the need that America needs to needs to see you shake your ass. In order for you to be the quote unquote talking toast of the town as far as pop culture is concerned. I mean, it, it really is sad when, when you think about it. And, and Shakira too. Again, 43, not 23. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, come on, come on. Really? And and again, I wouldn't I didn't as soon as the halftime came, I got up from the living room, went upstairs, played Madden for forty minutes. And then came downstairs when the second half kickoff was uh, about to commence. I'm not. I'm not sitting there wasting my wasting my time and wasting my lo- time off my life watching Shakira and Jennifer Lopez shake their hind parts and lip sync for 20 minutes. I'm not. I'm not doing it. You put that halftime show in my backyard. I swear on my life, I'm drawing the blinds. I'm not. I'm not interested. Okay. I'm. A, I'm a football. I'm a football fan. Okay, I'm not interested, and and I and I would, and neither would you, especially prior to prior to uh, you know prior to uh, Sunday. You wouldn't know a Jennifer Lopez or a Shakira song if it if it hits you in the face. Okay, two girls or excuse me, two women that haven't been relevant in music since George Bush's first term. Uh, come on now. I mean, come on. Now. Do I, have, do I have to see it? I mean, come on. Can can you, can you have a little bit, uh, a, l- a little bit more? Uh, de- uh, now I'm not going to say decency, but can you have a little bit more? I, I I don't know. It's just do we do we have to see it? Do we do we ha- do we have to see it? Do we have to see it. It's it's like well we're not we're not known for you know no one knows our music no one knows our songs anyway you know. We're not a patch on Gloria as Stefan's ass. So you know what we'll do? We'll dress up in and we'll dress up in skimpy outfits 
you know, Vajela will go up and down a, a stripper pole and will sh- and, sh- and will shake her ass nonstop for thirty seconds. You know, and and get and get the uh, and get the horny American teenage boy to essentially not separate himself from the television. And next and next thing you know, I'll have kid. I'll have boys that are essentially the same age as my uh, as my kids. You know, crushing on me and hit and hitting on me and trying to slide into my DMs, even though I'm engaged to Alex Rodriguez, who's who's a grown who's a grown man who's already lived his life. I mean, come on now, that that that's tough to take. It's tough to take. And what's also tough to take is the fact that we got you know the the you know the radical religious people and evangelicals like the 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 Graham, Billy Graham, but his name is. You know, uh, suing the NFL and condemning the NFL and Fox and the advertisers for putting on the thing. If if you don't like if you don't like what they're producing and you don't like what they're doing, do do what I did. Just walk just walk away just walk away from it for fifteen you know for a half hour and leave and leave it alone, and come back when the second half starts. Don't don't watch it. No, nobody forced you know the people out there that are trying to sue the NFL. No one forced them you know, with a gun to their head against their will that they must watch the halftime show. No, nobody did. And if you and if you somehow lived under a rock and didn't realize what you were getting into with J Lo and Shakira performing it, and the fact that it's in a warm weather climate in Miami, well, that sounds like a you problem. I mean, what would you expect J Lo and Shakira to get up in front of you know get in front of an audience and uh and uh, church choir robes and sing Amazing Grace? I mean, in, in fairness to them, you knew what you were getting into when, when you decided to sit down and watch it. And if, and if you and if you didn't if you didn't like it, you know I don't blame I you know I don't blame you, but you know you gotta know what you get yourself into sometimes. You know if if you don't like it, change the channel, turn off the TV, or get them and go find something to do for a half hour. No no one for, no one forced you with a gun to your head to to watch it. But having said all that, it was tough to take. I gotta be honest. I gotta be honest. Come right back. My main man, Brendan, will join us back after this. This was his song choice, not mine. I, w- I don't even know what, I don't even know what the heck this is. It's his song choice, and he's been good, the main good to the program. So I say, you know what? What the heck? I let you play your music. Welcome back to the Tell CIS podcast. Joining me, my main man. Haven't spoken to him in a long time, but he's here to tie a bow on the 2019 NFL season, Super Bowl 54. My main man, Brendan Dillon. Brendan, how are you today, pal? Okay. Living a life. Good to see you, Jai. Good to see you too, Fal. Um, let's see. Uh, Super Bowl Fifty Four happened. Mm. It occurred. Game's over. Champion is crowned. Give me your thoughts on overall. Give us your own take on uh, how the game went. Um, well, I'll tell you from the start. That's not the game that I wanted to happen. Um, obviously, I didn't predict for either team to make it all the way. Uh, but I did predict, I remember last time at the 49ers, I predicted them to do very well. Um, 
So, yeah, it makes me kind of upset that it ended up being Chiefs versus 49ers. I thought it was actually a pretty boring Super Bowl game. That might just be me, though. Um, but what can I say about it? Uh, 49ers blew the lead. Uh, and the Chiefs came back and won it. And Mayhomes, I don't believe, deserves MVP. I don't believe that Patrick Mayhomes deserves the MP MVP trophy that he got. I think that he's uh, not. he didn't play as good as people are saying he did in that game. And I think you probably would agree with me, wouldn't you, Jai? You're not, I tell you, you're not, you're not wrong. I mean, granted, all things considered, that the uh, that the Forty ers defense did choke in the game oh, as, well, as, well, as, well, as much as Shan, as much as Shanahan. I mean, and we and we kind of caught saw this coming earlier because they did not. They let the Atlanta Falcons come back and beat them in the trap game that they played. Back in December, okay, they let Justin Tucker come down the, you know, come, you know, that uh, Lamar Jackson, he didn't play that phenomenal in the Raven game, but he let him come down the field last second drive and put him in an ideal situation for Justin Tucker to kick a game winning field goal as time expired, okay, so that's two. They let the Seahawks, they let Russell Wilson single handedly work his magic in week 10 on Veterans Day at home on Monday night. Grant, they were, had injuries on the defense, but still, all things considered. Uh, and then you, and then if it had not been for them, if the refs would have thrown a, a, a pass interference when the guy basically, you know, mauled Hollister in the end zone, then, then they would have lost that game, and they also would have lost that game. Had not uh, Hollister come within a few inches of breaking the plane and scoring a touchdown, and they and they would have been the five seed when had home and went and would have had to go to would have had to fly cross country to play Philly in the uh, you know the, the next week you know go coast to coast for for a, uh, for a playoff game and would have had to play the long route and potentially might have played the Seahawks in order for them to get back. Uh, to, or not if him to get to the NFC Championship game, but the defense did did spit the bit. I to, I totally agree with you. Can we go over the stat sheet for a second? So Patrick, Patrick Mayhomes, twenty six for. Uh, why, why, why are you calling Patrick Mayhomes? It's Mahomes. Okay, okay, okay. Forty two attempts, um, for twenty six completions, two hundred eighty six yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions. And um, again, does it sound like a MVP like uh, he, he play, play? I, I, I mentioned it earlier in the in the. Don't uh, you think Damian Williams deserves it a little oh, bit more? Deserve, yeah, he, he, he had hundred and four. He, he ran for hundred and four yards and seventeen attempts. Like he's he's a lot. He performed a lot better in my opinion than uh, Patrick Mahomes did. Why do you? <laughs> Because this is Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. You're the only person in America that calls him Mahomes. Okay, well, I'm sorry. The thing is, I don't think that Patrick Mahomes. Is that better? Yes, it sounds right. Well, that's how it's pronounced. Okay, I don't think that he performed as good as his running back. And I think that his running back, um, Damian Williams, should have gotten the MVP. Over him, or maybe like either of the dudes who got an interception, um, uh, Kendall Fuller and uh, Bashad Breeland, who also, by the way, both of them are Redskins. They used to be Redskins. Still, we traded Kendall and we didn't resign Bashad Breeland. 
So now they have Super Bowl rings, understandably. Um, yeah, let's not talk you about that. You can hear the saltiness in Brendan's voice, but you may continue. Well, I think that... Okay, well, Jai, we, tr- we traded um, Kendall Fuller for Alex Smith. So, yeah, I'm a little bit salty about that. Alex Smith, actually, I think he played a role somewhat in their Super Bowl victory. He mentored Patrick Mahomes to uh, basically the position that he was in his first year. And didn't throw him in the line of fire, so we actually got a chance to um, learn. Right. And uh, the thing is, like, let's just talk about maybe another person who might have deserved deserved MVP. Rashad Breland, one interception, uh, seven combined uh, tackles, six solo tackles, one assisted tackle, and two tackles for a loss. Like, that's insane for a quarter cornerback nah, in the Super Bowl. Nah, he, they're not going to yeah. I disagree with you with, with the corner, but they should. But I agree they should have given it to, to Damian Williams because he, he, he did deserve it. And Patrick Mahomes, did, like, I told you at, like I told you guys in the, in the opening monologue, the worst football he's ever played in his young NFL career was his first three quarters, including the interception at the beginning of the fourth quarter. He yeah. was he was abysmal for three. He was abysmal for three quarters. Absolutely terrible. Yeah, and he found a way to t- to turn it around late late at the end. It's an, it's it's almost unfortunate, and I feel like the game almost was like. Rigged for Mahomes to win at the very end. Obviously, there's the comeback. Rigged how? Well, I feel like situationally, the NFL might have had some benefit in Mahomes winning that game. Think about it. They had. They they would. They would have benefit either way. No, they wouldn't have because Garoppolo isn't like going to be the next face in the NFL. He's not going to, but he's a mark. You heard. He's not so marketable. Jimmy G. Oh, you can. Jimmy GQ, okay? Jimmy G, okay? Porn star wait, Jimmy. Wait, wait, How, wait, wait. All, all the nicknames that he's gotten okay, and attention. Okay, well, I'm, Flirt, I'm just flirting ha- with Aaron Andrews I'm after the game and bouncing around with the porn stars, having dates and everything. You don't think the NFL wouldn't have mar- The fact that they were in Miami, you don't think that that wasn't going to get any attention in any steam if Mah- Mahomes, won the game? Mahomes is uh, the pro- – well, I, I think the NFL thinks he's the pro- uh, like prototypical por- quarterback of the future. You see him – uh, play and like he obviously does have down games, but he throws the ball a lot better than a lot of other quarterbacks. They think that him not showing up for the Super Bowl kind of scared them a little bit because you see all the Super Bowl ads, well, not Super Bowl ads, you see all the ads in general with him on TV that are promoting the NFL. And I think that you can begin to realize that maybe they want a new poster boy after Tom Brady retires, which is going to be soon. You know he won't be going around in the league after the next two or three years. Speaking of the Brady retirement, do we need Brady being cryptic with the, the Hulu commercial? With, with the Hulu commercial, <laughs> that was and, pretty funny. And the Instagram post. I mean, Brady. I mean, can you let the and we're simply talking about Brady's future in the Super Bowl? This is the first Super Bowl without Tom Brady since Super Bowl Fifty. Okay, the first time in in four years. Okay, we've gone four years since since the last time Brady was not playing on Super Bowl Sunday. And and he and he just feels obligated and feels the need to stick his nose in the game in the event he he can't let Mahomes and can't and he can't let Garoppolo or the other members of the 49ers and Chiefs franchise you can't allow them to have like their week of glory and and to have like and to allow them to enjoy the limelight you you can't allow for a week time 
One week. I don't think so. I think one week, and we got to sit here and break down your retirement and your whereabouts. We got all the rest of the winter, and we got all spring. We got all spring and the rest of the winter to worry about that. Okay, I could care less about where Tom Brady's going right now. I'm interested in this game. Tom Bra- Tom Brady's home. Okay, his de- his defense was a, was a sieve and let Derrick Henry run all over him, and he and he threw a, and he threw a pick six in in the, in the last second of the in the fourth quarter at, at home, mind you, against the Tennessee Titans. Okay, Bra- Brady's home. Okay, I you know he's home bouncing, you know, farting around with his dopey kids. Giselle uh, and 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 his and his mother and his father and and his two sisters and Kevin Euclid. Uh, he says he's he's far away from Miami that you could that you know he's he's far outside when they of course had him there for uh, you know for the um, for the NFL 100 stuff at the pregame. But other than that, he's he's not involved in Super Bowl 54. Let me be focused and interested on the guys participating in the game, and we'll talk Brady and all the other off-season, off-the-field crap after the Super Bowl. But that 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 bothered me. I, I think that it was more just good advertising because a lot of people know Tom Brady as like the poster child of the NFL, right? But I feel like this game was supposed to cement Mahomes because I feel like they had a feeling that Brady, since he's not going to be around much longer. Um, that th- th- he needs a replacement, so people people are still really enthusiastic about the NFL and, and you know have this b- big game every weekend to watch, um, and this is perfect for them. I don't think that I think of Patrick Mahomes. I just did. Did I do it again? Did I do it again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it did go on again. I th- he comes from an air raid offense out of uh, Texas A and M. Yes, Texas Tech. That's Texas Tech. My fault. I, Sorry, Texas schools. Not fun. Um, yeah, they have like an air raid offense, and they've had some very uh, decent passing quarterbacks come out and then get drafted and then never, ever do anything out of um, their group of quarterbacks that they've had drafted. Um, and he's one of the first that's done something. And the thing with him is if he has a lot of weapons, he can do a lot because of the uh, offense that he ended up being in throughout the whole entire time. And he does have a lot of skill. He definitely does. Do I think he's, like, the next big quarterback? I'm not so sure about that. I think that he's overrated a little bit. I think that a lot of his best attributes come from the fact that his team is very good, right? With, like, Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, the O-line's pretty good. Uh, the 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 old the old oh, the old line is very good. I said pretty good. I didn't say like it's fantastic, but it's passable. It works in the league. You may continue. That's what I thought, Jai. That's what I thought. Um, I, I didn't say. They, I didn't say they, it was like any world ending line. They were, they They've were, had problems with their O line in the past, like last year. But their O line's pretty. Well, good. Last year, how about last week? They 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 were disgustingly bad on Sunday, but uh, they they too uh, uh, had Mahomes running for his, uh, running in circles. Running, I mean, they were they were pressuring Mahomes all night, even when they got the lead, and they were still they you know they're trying to make some Mahomes. Well, that's Bosa, dude. Like that's Bosa and Buckner. Like they they have some pretty elite pass rush in San Francisco, and you know that. 
Let's not. Part of the reason why the record is so okay. good is because of their elite pass. Bo, okay. Bosa played, you know, but where was Bosa, you know? Let's not forget about the Forrest Buckner. Well, where were they late late in the game when Mahomes went on the third and 15? Well, where were they then? Well, none, they were, they were, no, they were they nowhere to be found, found then. Yeah. So, uh, so uh, let, let's calm down on Bosa, Buckner, and D Ford, all right? Let us. Well, let's calm, let's calm down. Well, I'm just telling you that's the reason why they were getting eaten up in the game. I also think Mahomes... Did, did you just say Patrick Mahomes was overrated like five minutes ago? Yes. Oh, come on, Brendan. I think he's overrated. How, how is Patty Mahomes overrated? Because everybody thinks that he's going to be like the next world-ending quarterback. And though I think that he's very, very good, we were talking about Cam Newton being the next world-ending quarterback a few years ago. And where is he right now? That's because Cam Newton is because Cam, Cam Newton can pass the ball very well. He can, but he, he, he was, has some mental but he also right, and he also was very quick to run the football. Patrick Mahomes can be a pocket passer when Patrick Mahomes needs and wants to be a pocket passer. It's 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 a little bit of a different. Not to mention, Patty Mahomes already has a Super Bowl. Cam Newton hasn't been back since 2015. Well, Cam Cam was at the Super Bowl, and that was because of him and how he played. Let's not. He uh, Mahomes is at the Super Bowl not because of how he played specifically. He played pretty damn good some games, but. His team as a whole, his defense, his other offensive weapons have played fantastic as well. It's not just because of him. Part of of a big reason why Cam even got to the level that he got to is because he played fantastic. One of the best rushing performances overall for a quarterback throughout a whole entire season in the history of the NFL. Mahomes, Mahomes passing, yes, but let's let's not forget that passing also comes from uh, your wide receivers being open mm-hmm. and in areas, and let's not forget that Sammy Watkins and Tyreek Hill are freaks. They're, they're one of the best wide receivers in football. That's fair, but and, yeah. and, and Travis Kelsey's one of the best tight ends in football. I would, but I wouldn't say overrated. I'd I think say, he's overrated. I'd I think he has over, a lot of weapons. I'd agree with saying overhyped. Overrated is a little strong. He, I mean, he. And did, then also they have a really really did. good rookie. Um, Wide receiver who's really good at punt returns. That Nicole Hardman. He, Hardman, he he's very quick and he's very good at punt returns. Like, Jai, it's it was set up in a way so that there's a ton of weapons on that team that he didn't have to play consistently good to win. You saw that in that game because you know what? It doesn't matter whether he plays good. Somebody like Damian Williams can pick him up and take him all the way if need be. I don't think he's as good as everyone says. I think that he works in that system fantastically because it's a good system. You see Mr. Mediocre Alex... We see Mr. Mediocre Alex Smith tear it up and get all, get all those playoff games. Yeah, uh, and he's... He, no offense to Alex Smith or anything, but he doesn't really show up um, like as a fantastic quarterback ever. Right. Um, he, he's, he's definitely very talented and a very smart quarterback, but he doesn't have the intangibles to be fantastic anymore. He's old. Right, right. And he was old then when they got to the playoffs all those times. But let's just be frank here. Mayhomes, I just did it again. Don't even, don't even, don't even. Um, he's not as good as everybody says. He's very competent. He's very good. But let's not, let's look back to all the other uh, air raid quarterbacks that came out of Texas Tech in the past. 
um, and also evaluate how they did when they were put on trash teams in the NFL. Did they do very well? The answer is no, they didn't. They're out of the league in the next, in like three years. Mahomes is, in a large part, his success is attributed to the fact that he got put on the right team in the right time. He is. That's, that's, he he he. That's, that's he he is he is no golden star. He is no world-ending dude who did it all by himself. He is simply a quarterback in a system, like a lot of quarterbacks. Let's not lie in the NFL. And that doesn't take it away from the fact that he made the accomplishment he did. But he is more a systems quarterback than an overall amazing quarterback like everybody says he is. Like Everybody's like, wow, he went, the, he went 16th. How, how could everybody miss such a good quarterback that low in the first round? I'll tell you because he's a project. He's a total project. His intangibles are there, but he is—he comes from an air raid offense, and his 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 past quarterbacks who've worked in that offense have gone on to not be very good in the NFL. They needed time, and obviously he has the throwing intangibles, but he 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 needs a good system to work out of because if he's not passing consistently, he's not going to be like a play action quarterback. You know that. We all know that, don't you, Jeff? Yeah, and I also forgot to put up when the throws were made for Garoppolo to make. Now he didn't cost his team the game, so don't t- no, take he didn't. this twisted. But when the plays were there to be made for Garoppolo to put he the game away, them. he did not make them. He did I mean, not make them. Had a touchdown right there to put the game away, and he overthrew him by five yards. I mean that 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 you can't do. Okay, Joe Montana would not miss that throw, and Steve Young would not miss that throw. You got, know, you, got, you got to make those throws. You don't know for certain. Well, I mean, you got the second greatest quarterback of all time and then the second greatest Niners quarterback. Those two would not miss those throws. They would not. You mm-hmm. got to be fair. I don't know. Nor, 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 I think Steve Young nor, would have missed it. Nor would, nor would, uh, nor would um, Garoppolo's buddy Brady miss those throws either. Uh, I suppose, well, Brady, Brady, Brady now might miss them. I mean, they miss him now, but I, you know, th- you know, two, 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 you know, two, last year, now. last year, two, three years ago, he he would not miss those throws. Anyways, it's all impermanent. Anyways, I don't see him going to the Super Bowl if he were to go to another team, Mahomes, ever again. If he goes to another team that's not constructed for players, all the players to be around him, I don't see him winning anything. He's very good, but he's and he can be next level if he's put in the right system. But he has to be put in the right system, or he'll end up making really, really stupid throws because he won't. He won't have the wide receivers to be making those catches. That's my opinion on the matter. Huh, boring Super Bowl though. I thought it was very boring. Well, it wasn't more boring than last year's game. Well, yeah, but I think they're about com- comparatively the same. Yeah, uh, it was better than last. Yeah, it was last, better than last year's. So I don't think so. I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. I think they're about the same. What, last year was boring. What, what was your thoughts on the NFL playoffs in general? So, including the wild card, the wild. Yeah, I know it's a bit of a, it's, you know, it's a month and a few, you know, a month back. It's been a while. I'm happy. But, the, I'm happy the Titans beat yes. the Ravens, and I I predicted it was going to happen, and it did. So. How do you feel about that? Remember when he told me that wouldn't happen? That makes no sense. Well, the, I, Ravens will, the Ravens yeah, will make it. Yeah, I, I told Brennan. I said, I, said ah, I was like, yeah, Ra- Ravens will win tonight. You know, take care of business. And then they'll lose to Kansas City the next week. 
And Brandon, if, if, pull pull up the text messages that you, that you had me. You had you had Derrick Henry running for like two hundred yards. Not two hundred. You had well, you had um, well, it might have been in my well he ran for one ninety seven. So the fact that you you probably did put two hundred and uh, check here while you check. Let me, oh, actually no, was, I was joking about that. Yeah. Derrick Henry for two hundred ten yards and three touchdowns. Who's with me? And what? And what? The, and what? The, now keep that right there. I say sixty eight yards what, and one touchdown. That's that's what I said. And Derrick Henry rushes for. You talk to the audience while I look this up. Uh yeah. So I say, so I respond to Jai with the sixty eight yards thing. So wow, you're crazy. Dude is gonna at least reach one hundred. Did you even watch the playoff game last week? And uh, yeah, I, I feel like. I feel like Jai was really wrong because uh, he basically argued with me the whole entire way through. Uh, I uh, want Ra- to- Ravens game. Ravens game. He had a. He didn't rush for a touchdown, but he did rush for 195 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that that's one hell of a performance. I got. I got. Yeah, say so. and you were wrong. How do you feel? You want to uh, go back in the text? I can prove I, you more I, wrong. No, it's, it's fine. Okay, I, I got it wrong. Congratulations. Ravens defense was pathetic all night. Let's move on. Yeah, look at this. Look at yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guess what? You you think you're half right. You know, I was fully right. Just saying. Oh, congrats, Brandon. I'm, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Give me your thoughts on the Titans-Patriots uh, playoff game. I think it was really quite funny. To be honest, because of what happened with uh, the head coach for the Titans, he used the same exact type of um, foul type play that Bill Belichick had used like the week previously, where like he just kept doing false starts over and over again to get to the to get to the um, the two minute warning. And just you could see Bill Belichick get more and more angry as yeah, time went that, on, that, and then that, start yelling and cussing. Yeah, that like, was funny. Yeah, that was funny. And you know, because he, because because he, he used the same exact exploit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, and, against the Jets in the Monday Night game. Yep. Yeah. Which basically, like, haha, that's how you, that's what you get for um, being a scummy coach. <laughs> So what? It, so what was your biggest last thing? Now get to a break and move on next thing. Yeah. But uh, what's your biggest takeaway from the 2019 NFL season? Biggest takeaway? Um. Yeah. Hopefully, it's more entertaining next year. That's my yeah. takeaway from it. I don't. I didn't really find this year to be all that fun. I don't. I think there were some super dominant teams, but I don't feel the competitive fire that I think a lot of other people did this year. I don't think that there's all that many insane, memorable games that'll go down as, like, historic NFL history. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, man. Thank you. Yep. Appreciate it. We'll be back with more with the Until I Can Tell You's podcast. Don't go anywhere. Be back. I'll be back. Right after this. Welcome back to Metallica TIS Podcast. Thanks again to Brendan for joining me. Uh, get to a little bit of a few other items other than outside of the world of the NFL is concerned that's occurred the last week. Um, both baseball and football. 
uh, related. So first off, the uh, the the Houston Astros have found their new manager in Dusty Baker, who um, who you know has had his fair share managing you know managed the Giants, managed the Reds all those years, and <coughs> excuse me. Last uh, job was managing the Nationals when they won the division, won, won over 90 games and got fired because the Nationals at that point in time couldn't get over the top with uh, that dynamic roster. So he's not a big analytics guy, you know, he hasn't proven to, to put teams over the top as far as winning a championship is concerned. But in a situation that the Astros in where – they need to show the world and show and prove the Major League Baseball again that they are a trustworthy, um, intact, follow the rules type of team again. They're gonna have to sacrifice the analytics to kind of uh, get back, back, get back to that old school, good morals, good integrity way of playing baseball. And Dusty Baker was brought in just to do that. Oh, one of the biggest. I mean, he's what can I say? He's the he's the Andy Reid, I guess that you could say, of Major League Baseball. You know, has never found success in winning a championship. It just for whatever reason, just can't get over the top. But uh, let's let's see if we can do it for the uh, you know with the Houston Astros, who's got a championship team sitting there right in front of them, and it's up you know for Dusty to basically. Uh, rally the troops and see if they can win a championship the right way this time. So that's item number one. Item number two, still sticking in Major League Baseball. Um, a trade occurred earlier this week. Dodgers get Mookie Betts and David Price off the Red Sox hands after essentially going the whole offseason doing nothing. You know, Strasburg resigned with the Nationals. Garrett Cole is a Yankee. Uh, Rendon is a Los Angeles Angel. So they essentially let the whole, uh, if not most of the offseason, uh, go by. And up until earlier this week, they hadn't yet made a move to kind of put them over the top as a team that's lost in, uh, what was it, uh, three straight, not lost, but the team that's lost back-to-back World Series and got beaten in an LDS by a wildcard team. It looked like that they were doing very little to put themselves in a situation to make it back to the World Series, but that changed with uh, with the with the acquisition of Betts and Price. Betts has had you know he played well. Uh, he excuse me he pitched well for the for the Red Sox in the Astros series in 2018. Best uh, postseason performance as far uh, excuse me best as far as. You know, pitching in a, in a series is concerned in his entire career. He pitched well against the Astros, and he pitched pretty good against the Dodgers in the World Series. Um, so you know, and the, but the you know, and Kershaw, you know, he's getting up there in age. But Kershaw and the guy Walker and their other guy and their other pitcher Walker Bueller, the top two pitchers in their rotation. They lost Ryu. Uh, they lost Ryu as well early in the offseason. So this should be a uh, this should be a, um, a, a a decent pickup on the part of the uh, uh, on the part of the uh, Washington uh, Nationals. So or excuse me, the Los the Los Angeles Dodgers are concerned. 
But um, but I mean, let let's see if uh, you know the Dodgers. It's not about what they do in the 162 regular season. It's about what they do uh, once they make it to uh, once they make it to the month of October and I'm a, winning a World Series, something that they have not done in in uh, in uh, since 1988 in 32 years. So that's uh, item number two to uh, focus on here in this last segment of the program. And they also get Mookie Betts, which the which Dodgers need. The Dodgers really don't have a quote-unquote superstar in their lineup, and Mookie Betts could provide some of that uh, that, that, that feel on the roster uh, and in that uh, lineup. Uh, NBA trade deadline is coming and gone. Uh, Warriors and Wolves sl- uh, swap players. D'Angelo Russell uh, to the Timberwolves and Andrew Wiggins head to Golden State. Warriors get a 2021 20, top three first round pick. And Jacob Evans and Ormine Spelling go to Timberwolves. Marcus Morris, who's a pretty good, who was a good, who did a good job with the Knicks, uh, and he and Isaiah Thomas will head LA to the Clippers and join up with uh, Kawhi and Paul George, uh, and while uh, Jerome Robinson will join the Wizards, and the Knicks will receive Mo Harless for and a 2020 first round uh, draft pick. Andre Drummond. Heads from uh, heads to Cleveland. Uh, was formerly on Detroit. He goes there. Uh, Miami gets Andre Iguodala, and they have to and they trade Dion Waiters, Justice Winslow, and James Johnson to the Grizzlies in exchange for Iguodala, Jay Jay Crowder, and Solomon Hill. Uh, uh, you can tell Pat Riley as an you know still has that championship fervor and is still. Uh, has the thirst and the hunger inside of him to win an NBA championship as an executive. It looks like they've kind of the Miami Heat organization has kind of woken up from their Lebr- from their post LeBron hangovers. They are one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference in the NBA. While Clint Capella, the Houston Rockets, traded away their only decent center. They need a center like you wouldn't believe. Uh, and but in they trade their only one they got and Clint Capella. Clint Capella, excuse me, to the Hawks uh, for uh, for uh, Robert Covington uh, as well in the NBA uh, trade uh, deadline. So that's the NBA trade deadline. And just real quick uh, for uh, the viewership for Fox for the Super Bowl drew uh, drew more than a hundred and two million people across television. That's TV and digital platforms. So. Smart TV, iPads, and you know iPads, phones, and things like that. Um, uh, let's see, yeah, most live stream Super Bowl ever. Uh, let's see, most live stream Super Bowl ever, and seven and Kansas City posted a f- posted a five a five five point seven eighty nine rating share, best Super Bowl since two thousand fourteen. I believe that I mean like the year the Super Bowl was played, so that would be Super Bowl forty eight between Seattle and um and Denver and San Francisco did a forty eight point six uh eighty three 
uh, best mar markets best for Super Bowl since 2016, which I would imagine would be the um, would be the uh, the uh, Super Bowl 50 between Denver and Carolina, in which that game was played in the San Francisco area. So, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of the I'm Telling It Like a TIS podcast. Thank you, Brandon, for joining me. Follow him on Twitter at BedVega. Follow yours truly on Twitter at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter and tweet the show. Participate in the show's polls at Amatel underscore it TIS. Subscribe if you haven't already. Share it with your friends and family. Available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor. God bless y'all, everybody. Have a good week. Talk to you later.